All right. Well, I enjoyed the good singing tonight. It pre- prepares our heart for the uh, for the worship service, and uh, they're ready for the Word of God. And um, I am so so proud to hear uh, Pastor talk about uh, what he just talked to you about. Uh, I am all. I, I've been saying that for years uh, in churches. I was uh, I was in a six week meeting in uh, what Asheboro, yeah, Asheboro, North Carolina. Every night they were in there with those twenty five babies. These ladies was in there. Some of them were in there every night, and I walked by one night and I heard not complaining. But they were just talking among themselves. And uh, I stopped and I said, um, I'm going to pray about that. I got a plan. And uh, they said, okay. And uh, next morning, Pastor and I was together and, and I said to him, I said, Brother Shook, I have, I have a request for you. And he said, what is it, Brother Beckham? Sure. And I said, don't say, don't be so quick to agree uh, because uh, it might, might go against something here. But I said, I would like for you to bring in all 25 babies tonight. And he said, what? <laughs> he said, do you know what that might do? I said, well, I really feel strongly about it. And I said, because your nursery workers have missed out on almost five weeks of revival. These are dedicated ladies. These are ladies that not only loves the Lord, but loves you and loves the church. And, and, um, and I said, I'm, I'm praying that God would just put a special sleep over those babies if you'll bring them in. And he said, well, I know you're powerful in your prayer life, Brother Beckham, but I don't know about being that powerful. And, you know, they brought them in. 25 little ones. Guess what? I'm not, I'm not lying. This is, real, this is not evangelistically talking. This is the truth. I'll give you his number, let you call him. And they didn't whimper. They were quiet. And we had, I think we had one of the best meetings that night than all the week. And then there was one year I was in a church, and they, they had over 100 children on buses. And I said to the pastor, I said, Could, where's the children? He said, oh, they cross over there on the campus somewhere. And I said, somewhere. I said, let me ask you to do something for me. Uh, let's, let's ask all these people to, to, um, to uh, move over here. And let's bring all hundred of those bus kids. And he said, no, 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 no. They'll, they'll destroy the service, brother. Some of these kids have never been in church. I said, would you bring them in for me, please? And, and so he said, well, we'll put them up in the balcony. I said, no, I want them right in front of me. And he said, okay. And, and so here he is bringing in a hundred bus kids. Some of them had never been in church. And um, there was one little boy. There's always one. He was sitting right on the front row. 
And he just didn't know Brother Beckham well. And he started talking and punching the other little boys. And, and I kind of tried to uh, correct him without him knowing I was correcting him. Well, it didn't work. It didn't work. So you, most of you know me. I walked down. I said, young man, let me have your hand, please. He said, okay. And I grabbed him. And I started walking him all over that auditorium, up and down the stairs, all over. And for about 45 minutes, I had a hold of him. And if you, uh, and, and my wife can tell you, I got a pretty good grip. And that little guy wasn't going to get away from me. And I just walked. I think he liked it. You know why? Because on the way out, he said to me, he said, Preacher, preacher, Brother Beckham, can I come back tonight and help you preach again? <laughs> yes, sir. If I had not done that, he may not like to preach. He might be a great preacher one day. You never know. But, but I'm, I'm all for that. I think we lose in our families and, and different things. That's another message. Um, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 9 and 1 through 11. We will not read that verse uh, tonight. But I want you to turn there. And then I want you to turn to Matthew 6, 6. And we'll continue uh, talking about the closet prayer to people that, that uh, practice closet prayer in the Bible. And um, our, the Bible is our textbook. The Bible is our guide. And if you want to know how to do something in a particular area, go to the Bible. And do what the Bible tells you to do in that particular area. Uh, situation or, or in that particular uh, place. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, the Bible says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Father, I love you and I thank you for this opportunity to be able to stand again and to proclaim your word. And Father, I pray that I can do it uh, very lovingly. I pray that I can be very sensitive. And, and Lord, I have prayed this prayer hundreds of times and Lord, you have always honored it. And Lord, I pray tonight that if there's a lost person in this room, they'll be saved. That they'll give their life to you. And that they'll walk with you and love you and, and, and serve you faithfully. And now, Father, again, just help me. Please help me. I sure love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Jesus is talking in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6. But all through the Bible, as I showed you this morning uh, in Sunday school and also in the morning service, I talked to you about uh, Moses. I talked to you about Abraham. I talked to you about Isaac, 
Jacob, Daniel, David. And these were great men. And then I talked to you a little bit about Hannah this morning, how she prayed from her heart. And we men can learn something from her being a lady. We can learn to pray from our heart also. But when we go to the New Testament, we find the Lord Jesus, our Savior, uh, talking about closet prayer. We're going to deal with Jesus in depth tonight, but I want to talk about the Apostle Paul before we go to Jesus. In Acts chapter 9, verse 1 down to verse 11, especially verse 11, it, it says something about the Apostle Paul. Paul, some years ago, uh, Brother Beckham started the intercessor ministry, 21 years ago to be exact, and uh, someone said, oh, Brother Beckham created his own uh, doctrine when he, when he came up with this prayer first thing. And, uh, you know, I just, I didn't listen. I just kept going and uh, just plugging away for 21 years now, plugging away that prayer should be number one in your life. Why? Because, see, it starts with prayer. Your Christian life starts with prayer. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it starts with prayer. Prayer is that important because it got you into the family of God and it will, it will mature you as you grow into the family of God. And so Paul, in verse 11 of that chapter 9 of the book of Acts, is talking about, it tells you the first thing he did. Here he is going uh traveling and, and persecuting the Christians and he had letters in his pocket to persecute some more Christians and here he is and God spoke to his heart and he got saved and, and the first thing you find in the Bible that the Apostle Paul did after he taught, after he got saved, after he was birthed into the family of God, the very first thing in verse 11, for behold, he prayeth. For behold, he prayeth. But I want to let you in on a secret. Paul didn't just pray. He prayed for special groups. Someone said, Brother Beckham, uh, Paul uh, sent uh, a lot of letters. He kept in touch with his churches uh, and he sent messages back to them. And he always was preaching to them. But if you'll read the letters that Paul sent back to the churches, you will find out that they were prayers. He was praying for these churches, and he wanted them to know that. Prayer is, prayer is very important to a missionary and to an evangelist. A true missionary and a true uh, evangelist will stay in touch with their churches. They will pray for their churches as their churches are praying for them. And the Apostle Paul did that. He, and I'm going to give you three examples of what Paul and how Paul prayed in his, when he was away from these people, he still prayed for these people. Turn with me to Ephesians uh, chapter 6. Ephesians. 
No, chapter 3. Chapter 3, I'm sorry. Chapter 3, verse 14 down to verse 19. Here is the great Paul praying in his closet for other people. He said, this cause I bowed my knees. And, and listen, that is not prayer. I have heard people say, and mistakenly, they have said, uh, I, have, I, I bow my knees, Brother Beckham. That's prayer, right? No, that's just posture. But it is one of the most popular of all the postures. Postures, you have kneeling, you have sitting, you have laying, you have standing, you have your eyes open, you have your eyes closed. And, and, and I love to watch people pray, I just do. When, when the preacher calls on someone to pray, I, I just like to watch them. And one night I was doing that in one of my meetings and this lady just, just could not believe. And so when she walked out, she said, Brother Beckham, I just could not believe what I saw you do tonight. And I said, what did you see me do? I knew what she saw me do. I was watching the guy pray. And, uh, and she said, uh, you had your eyes open. I said, I did. How do you know that? She had her eyes open too, yes. And, and so, um, but that doesn't mean you're praying just because you have your eyes open or closed because that, uh, in the Bible you, you'll find both of those. But look at this. He said, I bow my knees unto the Father of the, our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened. Now here he is praying for this local church to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's a key to growth. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Guess what? I have actually prayed that prayer down through the years for Berean Baptist Church. I have prayed that prayer for, I guess I, I can honestly say, for all the churches I have been in in 21 years, I have prayed this prayer and the prayer I'm getting ready to read to you are the two prayers I'm getting ready to you. Because see, this is a wonderful prayer. Uh, see, it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Oh my, that is important. And a man that truly loves you will pray that. That prayer. Amen. That's a good prayer that a pastor prays for his people. And, and, and that you would be rooted in your hearts by faith. And that you would be rooted in love. That you would be able to comprehend with all saints. That you would know the love of Christ which passeth not. But all of that is so wonderful. And, and when, when God answers that prayer in a church, oh my, I have seen churches just take off and they grow from a 
glory of God. That's a wonderful prayer. And it's a wonderful prayer to pray for one another too. Amen. If you, you say, well, uh, preacher, I don't know what to say when I pray. Why don't you learn to pray the scripture? There is no better way to pray than to pray the very words of God. Amen. Look in the book of Philippians. Paul is praying again uh, for another group of people. And uh, he was always praying for his local churches. Some of them he knew. Some of them he didn't know. Uh, some of them he's just heard about. Uh, but this little prayer here, verse 9, Philippians 1, uh, and, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in, in knowledge and in all judgment. What a prayer. That you may approve things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which is essential, which are by Jesus Christ and the glory and the praise of God. Oh, my, 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 my. If, if you see those things start taking place in a ministry, uh, in a local church, oh, my, you're getting ready to see something take off like a rocket. I'm telling you, if this this is happening not just in 5%, 10% of the church's life, but if every member get a hold of this, of this one particular prayer and mix it in with Ephesians, oh my. Yeah, I, like I say, uh, you're going to take off like a rocket. You're going to start growing. You're going to grow and you're going to grow. But you're not going to just grow in numbers, but you're going to grow in, in, in Christ. You're going to grow in the love of Christ. You're going to have the uh, spirit, the fruit of the spirit uh, active in your life. And when people look at you, they're going to see Christ in your life. And that's what church is all about, by the way. Uh, church is not about all this craziness that we see today. And we won't, I won't get on that. I'll stay in the book. But there's some crazy stuff going on. Uh, but, but if we'll just stay prayerfully talking to the Lord, walking in the Lord, walking in the Spirit of the Lord, and letting Him lead our lives on a daily basis and doing what the Bible says to do, oh my, the craziness will never take place here. Amen? Because uh, the devil can't handle this. The devil cannot handle a group of people that prays. I'm telling you. Look in Colossians. Here, here is Paul again praying. He was a praying man. He was the one that said, pray always and not faint. He's the one that says, keep a praying. Don't get discouraged. Don't, don't get down in the dumps. Just keep a praying. Keep a praying. That was the Apostle Paul. And then it was the Apostle Paul that says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians. And so look at this one with me. Verse 9, 10, 11, and 12. Paul says in verse 9, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it. He, see, he had never met these people. 
He had just heard about them, and he wanted to talk to them, and he wanted them to know that he was praying for them and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience, long-suffering, with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. There's a, there's a, a whole series of messages in each one of those passages. You could preach for weeks on, on, the, on the Ephesian text. You can preach a week on the Philippian check and the Colossian text and and oh my they I love to pray them I pray these prayers for the churches I go into I pray these prayers for all my pastor friends I pray these prayers for for my family my immediate family I pray I pray these prayers these are wonderful prayers and these are prayers that you, that you can just pray all during the day. You can pray them without ceasing. You can just, do, you say, well, Brother Beckham, I, I'm glad you're uh, helping me here. I'm, ho- I'm hoping I'm helping you. Uh, uh, just uh, telling you the way Paul prayed. I told you this morning about Abraham praying and Moses and all those guys. But the apostle Paul, oh, he was a wicked guy. But he knew all about the grace of God. God became real to him. And, 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 and it wasn't, it, it, Paul was, wasn't just a great apostle. He was a great child of God. Amen? Yeah. He was a great apostle. He, he, he was a great man of prayer. And then when we, when we think about, there's so much about Paul, and then I, I, there's so much about Peter. I'm going to over, overlook Peter tonight to get right to the main subject and the main one, and that's our Savior. He was a man of prayer. He was a man that walked with the Father. He was a man that his only concern was to please the Father to live for the Father. Because see, he said many times, he said, I can do nothing without the Father. We need to get a hold of that. But when I go into Bible college and seminaries, I always tell the young men, you can build a church mechanically, but what are you going to have? You're going to have a machine. But if you build a church on Jesus, uh, then you'll have, you'll have a ministry that will not fall apart on you. Uh, when, when something is built upon the foundation of God, it's going to stand. Amen. It's not going to crumble. I, I know uh, as we look at things across America, we see all these great churches, the top 10 churches of America back in the 60s. You don't find many of them today. You don't find many of them. Uh, I'm just telling you the truth. And so Berean Baptist Church is, is a church that has been built upon, upon prayer uh, and, and upon uh, the word of God. And it has been, you know, that's what it's been built upon. And that's why it's still growing. 
And that's why Brother Beckham feels good when I, when I walk in and I feel the pats and I, feel the, and I see the smiles and I hear uh, the good words. And, and, and it's all coming because of the prayer life of the people within the membership of this church. Now, I, I want to deal with Jesus for just a few moments because he was, he was a great prayer man. He, he said, I, and I'll say it again, he said, I can do nothing without the Father. But he also said a very important uh, thing right after that. He said, I can do nothing without the Father. And then he said, because the Father doth the work. Oh, if we could get a hold of that. Uh, we, 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 don't, we don't build churches. Uh, Brother Reno doesn't build churches. Brother Beckham doesn't build churches. God built churches through us. Amen. And, and, and he's, he's our help. If we just get a hold of that. And so let's go to the prayer closet of our Lord Jesus. And let's just see well, what, he, what, what he's going to teach us from his prayer closet. Number one, Jesus taught us and the disciples to pray by precepts. In Luke chapter 11, our text that I gave you before, I gave you Matthew 6, 6, uh, in Luke 11, 1 through 13, he deals with many things, many precepts. And one of the precepts, one of many that I'm going to talk to you about very, very quickly tonight, uh, one of them is uh, pray for your enemies. Boy, if we could get a hold of that in our churches. Uh, I go into some, they fighting this side, fighting this side, this side, fighting this side, and, and everybody's fighting the man on the stage, and you know, it's a mess. And Jesus, uh, Jesus knew that, and, and he knew that people were going to have that kind of problem. And so he taught a precept in Matthew 5, 44, and Luke chapter 6 and verse 28, he taught uh, this, you love your enemies. Amen? You love your enemies. And boy, if we would just do what Jesus said just in that one little statement, love your enemies, Benny, you love them. You don't try to get back with them. You don't try to hurt them. You don't try to um, have the last word. You love them. And then the, uh, another precept that he taught uh, was forgiveness. And, and, and he's, he, he's teaching in Mark 11, verse 25. And you notice here that I'm giving you a statement and then I give you a verse to back that statement up. Amen. Uh, preaching without Scripture is useless. Amen. And so here he is teaching these precepts. And in Mark eleven twenty five, 25, go home and read it. Uh, we are to forgive from our hearts. Now listen, if you forgive from your head, if you forgive from your head, you might, go, you might just go back. A lot of people say, I will forgive you, but I will not forget what you have done to me. That's not forgiveness. That's not forgiveness. And Jesus taught the real way to forgive. Matter of fact, Jesus said, I want you to forgive people as I have forgiven you, O oh, my soul. 
Oh, my, that knocks all the air out of me. To forgive as Christ forgave me, he forgave me of all my sins. He hasn't brought them up to me ever again. Amen. Hello. That's the way we are to forgive. And Jesus is teaching that uh, from his prayer closet, from, from the word of God. And then uh, he also, uh, you're going into a, a mission uh, uh, mission week, mission month uh, here soon. And uh, don't forget, now you're a very loving, giving church. And, and as I travel around the country, people will ask me, Brother Beckham, do you know Pastor Reno in Washington? I know you go there to preach. I said, yes, I do know him. And, uh, they, and, and they'll tell me, Things that you have done, like like the things you mentioned to the church tonight, giving things. And and I have heard missionary after missionary say to me with with hearing it from my ears, that is a giving pastor, that is a giving church, Brother Beckham. Have you ever been there, sir? Oh yes, I have been there many times, and I agree. But but you you give money to them, you give material things to them. That's wonderful, but you are to do something else with your missionaries. Uh, again, I get under conviction every time I deal with this uh, because I have just moved my membership from California to North Carolina um, from uh, Lighthouse Baptist Church in California to Gospel Light Baptist Church in, in North Carolina, Walkertown, North Carolina, and they have something like 300, 400 missionaries, to my knowledge. And, and someone asked me, Brother Beckham, do you, you said if you pray for them, you would know their names. Uh, do you know all 400 of the missionaries? And I said, well, and I could have said, well, I've only joined the church, you know, two months ago, three months ago, and I just haven't had time to uh, memorize their name. I could have said that, but I said no, and I feel guilty. I, that's the first list I should have asked for from the pastor, and I didn't do it. But but I, I'm, I'm trying to learn those missionaries' names because I might run up on one one day, and they might just ask me, Brother Beckham, I know you're a praying guy. Have you, have you been praying for me? I'm a member of Gospel Light. That may just happen to me one day. And I want to be able to say, yes, sir, my brother. It, it was so-and-so, so-and-so need, was it not? Yes, sir, brother. Benjamin. And you've been praying for that? Yes, sir, missionary. I sure have. And, and so let me show you this. In the Bible, we are, we are to pray for laborers in Matthew 9, 38. And we are to pray uh, for laborers in Luke 10, verse 2. Uh, that's Bible backing up that we ought to be praying for our missionaries. I guarantee you, if you were over in some of these countries, you would want prayer. Amen. You would want prayer. And uh, some, I, just, I just met a man from, from another country, and I won't name the country, but oh my, I met him in a bookstore. I did not know he was a famous missionary. I did not know he and his daddy uh, has been in prison in, in, in 2022. Uh, for years they have been in dungeons like, like you would hear of and read of it back in the 1600s. Not hotels. I'm talking about dungeons. I'm talking about rats. 
I'm talking about roaches. I'm talking about water, uh, no bathroom. And they, have, they, they were locked up in that place, not for days, months, and off and on for years. And oh my, and I just, I just uh, well, I heard him say to the book, to the owner of the bookstore, do you have a certain book? And the man that owned the bookstore uh, pointed towards me, and he said, go and ask Brother Beckham there. He knows my bookstore better than I do. And, and so here comes this guy, and he told me his name, and, and I, he said, uh, uh, Preacher, I want you to pray for me. I, I'm going back to my country, and, and I may go back. I may go back to jail again, uh, he said. And he told me. Then he sent me a book about his life story, about his dad. Oh, my. He, he's, he, he told me about, uh, about men, got thousands of preachers under him. This is a worldwide, man, millions and millions of dollars goes through this, this board and, and helping people in his country. But let me tell you, he said, a lot of my preachers are being burnt to death. They're being beat to death. Brother Beckham, uh, I have been there myself. Uh, would you pray for my wife? Would you pray for my children? I have been locked up for months, and, and I haven't seen them. I didn't, they didn't know if I was dead or alive. Brother Beckham, see, that's just one of millions of missionaries around the world that we, as, as a church, don't take for granted these missionaries. I'm telling you, they are suffering. I mean, as I speak, some of them are giving their life in 2022. We would, that's the things I read in that man's book were things I read in Fox's Book of Martyrs. Same kind of stuff. Unbelievable. Mm. Pray for them. And then we need to pray as for our, for our faith, that we will walk by faith in Matthew 21, 22, Mark eleven twenty four. We are to pray that we walk in the Spirit. These are still precepts here in Luke 11, 1 through 13. We are to pray without ceasing in Luke 11, 5 through 10, 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. We are to pray that we will avoid temptations, Matthew 26, 41, Mark 14, 38, Luke 22, 46. And we are to pray that we can stand against devils because there are millions of those devils around the world today. Uh, devils in the Bible means demons. And, and let me tell you, uh, if you don't think warfare is real, uh, just keep living for God. And I'm telling you, you'll find out that warfare is real. Spiritual warfare, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the methods, the trickery of the devil. That devil has a whole bag of, of trickery 
church. And we need, we need to pray for that we won't fall into temptation. And then another precept is John 16, 26. We are to pray in that precious name, that wonderful name, that powerful name, and that name is the name of Jesus. Amen. Don't be ashamed to mention the name of Jesus in the public, in private. It doesn't matter. Don't be a name. Don't be ashamed of that, of that name. And so you say, well, Brother Beckham, uh, Baptists don't teach that. Well, I can't help that, but the Bible does. Amen. The Bible does. And, and this Baptist does. And that Baptist does. Amen. And you, as Baptists, you pray in the name of Jesus, right? It's not Buddha, right? <laughs> and, all, and all those crazy gods of some type. And so we are to pray for the precepts. And then Jesus taught us to pray by example. We see it all through the Bible. I'll give you a, a few of them. We see him praying in Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. It, it is okay to give you scripture, right? Uh, someone said, Brother Beckham, you just give scripture, scripture. Well, what else can I give you? I'm preaching Bible. I have, to, I have to give you scripture references. So being baptized, there he is in the Jordan River being baptized. Uh, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And what did he do when he got out of the water? He started his ministry. How did he start his ministry? With prayer and being baptized with the Spirit of God. And uh, yes, you're looking at a guy that believed that believes that without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be much of a Christian. And if you are a Christian, you will have the Spirit, the, the, nine, the one fruit, nine parts of the Holy Ghost inside of you. Amen? Yes, sir. So he prayed when he was being baptized. Christ prayed in public in uh, uh, in the Bible, he said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. In, and so when I see that in the Bible, that's my Savior doing that. And then he also prayed in private, Matthew 6, 6. And, uh, and, and all through the Bible... And then Christ prayed on the mountain in Mark, I mean Matthew 14, 23. He prayed in the wilderness in Luke 5, 16. He prayed early in the morning, Mark 1, 35. He prayed all night in Luke 6, 12. He prayed for children. Now let me tell you, people will say, Brother Beckham, you talk about children all the time. You talk about them praying. You talk about them uh, living for God. You talk about them being... Uh, so when you talk about them studying their Bible, Brother Beckham, don't you realize you're talking about children? I do, I do, and 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 I'm, I'm going to say it again. My little group of ladies, uh, seven, eight years old, uh, there in Pennsylvania, uh, and I'm sure they still pray for Brother Beckham. I have these, I I, I have these children all over the country uh, praying for me. When I go into their churches, you know what they do? They draw pictures 
I mean, they, there's some good artists in these churches, and they're seven or eight, nine years old, and, and, and they draw pictures of me with my glasses, and they pray uh, all kinds of pictures. And, 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 and they, some adults may not remember to pray for me, but I feel confident that these little children praise for me. Uh, every day and Jesus Jesus was all for the children uh, in Matthew 19 verse 13 uh, then uh, where there uh, were brought unto him little children that he would put his hands on them and pray I could I could hear him now hey 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 talking to the disciples don't you suffer those little children you come on up here come on up here I can hear him do it amen and uh, uh, I, I love to make them a part of the service because they play a great part. And Jesus knew that, and Brother Beckham knows that. And then uh, Christ prayed not for the world, but for his own in John 17. As a matter of fact, he prayed for you and me when he was on earth. Now listen to this. Uh, I know, I know you're not a, uh, a shouting church, but there might be a one or two of you that might get, might get a little excited right here. Uh, not Moses. Moses didn't pray for you to get saved. Abraham didn't pray for you to get saved. Uh, none of those people got uh, prayed for for you to get saved, but Jesus in the high priestly prayer, the real Lord's prayer in John 17, uh, in verse 20, 21, he prayed for you and for me. He prayed for those that shall believe. Amen. I, 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 now, when I first saw that in the Bible, I got very excited. Um, but, uh, and I get excited about it even now. But some of you are looking at me a little odd, so I, I, won't, I won't go into one of my southern gears here, okay? Um, it might scare you. But, uh, but anyway, uh, he prayed. He prayed here for us to be saved. What a wonderful thing. Does that help anybody to know that Jesus Christ prayed that you would get saved? Hallelujah. That's wonderful. And then Christ's favorite place to pray was in a garden, Gethsemane, Luke chapter 22, 39 down to verse 42. And then he prayed at Calvary. When he was dying, he, he was praying. Who was he praying for? He was praying for you and me again. Amen. And um, all through, you can find that in Matthew 27, 46, uh, Psalms 22, the whole Psalms 1 down to verse 22. You'll find that in Luke 23, 46. And, and then I want to close with this. I hear people say, Brother Beckham, since COVID, I'm just all alone. I just don't have anybody. I've lost my husband. I've lost my wife. Uh, um, I even lost some of my children, Brother Beckham, to COVID. And uh, I just feel all along, I don't have anybody to, to really. You're wrong. And I'm, I'm, I am so glad I can report to you that you're wrong. And when I thought that way, I was wrong too. Let me, let me, let me uh, just uh, ask you to turn to Hebrews 7.25. 725, the Bible says, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Now listen. <laughs> Those of you 
that may be going through some hard times right now. Somebody talked to me about losing your husbands this morning. Some of you talked to me about going through some hard times. I got good news for you. Wonderful news. You're not alone. And somebody is a praying. Let me, let me tell you who it is. Hebrews 7.25. Seeing he... Seeing he, who is he? Christ, ever liveth to make intercession for them, for you. He ever liveth. That's what he lives for, to pray for you and for me. Thomas Brooks said, a Christian's whole life should be nothing but a visible representation of Christ. Our whole life should be that. So, does that comfort you? Does that comfort you, church, to know, to know that not just somebody but Christ himself prays. The one that knows all things. The one that is everywhere. And the one that has the power to take care of whatever you put in front of him. What a, what a Savior. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the scriptures, for hearing it right out of your book, the life that the Apostle Paul lived and the life that, that you that you lived and the things that you do for us on a daily basis. Thank you. 